So as always, thank you for joining me. Enjoy the podcast. Kick back and relax. The force is strong and is with us always. And never forget. We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. of this moment the force is strong make ten men feel like a hundred I'll take the next chance and the next you're rebels aren't you You call it the Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Yo, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this thing known as a podcast, um, which, like all words, means nothing when you pull it apart, but is full of deep meaning with uh, philosophical minds like myself, and especially Ethan, a.k.a. L underscore Fedorable Ethan. We're a bunch of fucking nerds talking to you. Shut up and listen. <laughs> Dude, video game content's doing great, and podcast content's doing great. I don't know what it is. Can we talk about that for one really quick second? Dude, uh, just to lay it out, listeners, we're going to have Tony, Microsoft, a little PlayStation, E3, um, more more on the Microsoft Nintendo side, um, and then we've got some game topics, if we can get to them, but we want to talk about the big things uh, hardware-wise leading up to E3. Really quickly, Ethan, um, they've reported like a 30% rise in podcasts each year over the past few years, so an increasingly visual digital culture what would you attribute this to based on your experience as a podcaster listening to podcasts and so forth uh just in general uh i think people are getting more attached to online groups just as technology gets better and better and there's more things for people to listen to and so it's more mainstream Mm-hmm. Like there's 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 a podcast for anything, whether you're whether you're the mainstream jock or right. you're the right or you're the nerdy nerd. There's there's content for you to listen to. If you you build a road, people will come. So uh, I think I think I think just because nerds have been listening to podcasts for years, or more techie people have been listening to podcasts for years, there's now people finally from mainstream from all sides being able to listen to it and older folks being able to listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, my generation still has not made up mm-hmm. all of the relevant adulthood yet. Is that the terminology? No, no, but that's a that? great point between uh, Google play and the iTunes store, you know, it, even older people with basic knowledge of phones, yeah, you made two amazing points there. I just want to separate. One is that it's easy even for older people, or not even older people, but people like my parents, you know, who who have used computers in their lives, but are old enough they don't want to deal with it. And podcasts are easy. And then you mentioned, I think, the main reason, Ethan, which is the um, subculture and sub subculture and sub sub subculture, rightization of of the society and all the different right. interests. And, right. and so forth. But I, I have a, a more practical, um, I, I think that subculture argument you made is the most important. I think the second most important is that it's kind of hard to watch long videos while you're commuting and trying to do work all day. And 
Exactly. If you're tired of listening to the same rap album for the 90th time, like why not listen to a video game podcast or a political satire podcast or a sports podcast or anything, literally, you know? I mean, I go in between the video game podcast and like the nerd Marvel Star Wars stuff pretty, you know, pretty smoothly. Um, but do you buy that though? That that in a way, in the fast-paced society, having an audio-only experience while you're multitasking kind of makes sense. Yeah, ex- especially for people in large cities. Yeah, like I, I can't I can't even begin to begin to express like mm-hmm. besides music, mm-hmm. right? Audiobooks, podcasts, radio, whatever, anything else that's been digitized. Yeah, that's not that's audio in a non-musical format yep. like I, i'll listen to it as i'm going to school after i get off the train or on the train or whatever right uh so it, it makes things much easier and it doesn't drain my battery like fucking crazy so yeah, i think i never charge my I, I never charge my phone yep. so and this is where i think my generation which is a little like pre-millennial and then the generations below me millennial post-millennial whatever you want to call it uh is where we get our news Right. I mean, no one's watching the nightly network news. We forget that that was a thing like 10 years ago. You know, everyone wants the nightly network news. People are watching dramatized TV on HBO, Netflix, Amazon Prime and so forth. And they get, the, you know, their news, whether it's pop culture or real news. I don't even know what's real news at this point. 90% of Republicans uh, have a positive approval rating for Donald Trump. So what's the point of all the people getting angry for the last three years? The same, the same result. Rather listen to an entertaining video game podcast. Um, and something I've talked about with my dad, um, Eth, uh, and he knows who Dodger is and Jesse Cox and Total Biscuit because I talk about them all the time, and he's really into that subculture. And, you know, he just loves Dodger. Uh, uh, but, uh, I mean, who doesn't love Dodger, let's be honest. But um, we, we had a discussion a couple of years ago I re-listened to, I forgot, where I had him as a psychologist, who's a professional psychologist, weigh in on Comic-Con culture. And he talks about how... Um, it's not actually escapism, whether it's video games or, you know, or Star Wars or getting dressed up or doing this or doing that, blah, blah, blah. Um, he thinks of it more as like, um, uh, uh, realization of uh, imagination, if that makes sense. Um, and you know, whether you're playing the game or listening to the podcast about the game or listening to something totally different. Like I used to listen to sports podcasts all the time until I got tired of them because they can be entertaining. Um, you know what I mean? Um, and so forth. Um, so yeah, I, I've got, we've got a lot, I've got a lot of theories about this, but it's, it's undeniable that for better or worse, uh, you know, nerds are running everything. And you and I had a long pre talk about all the various companies, which are all run by nerds of various types um and so forth um do you think um well let me go back to 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 my initial point on this um do you think people again i'm putting news in quotes like whatever you care about like updates do do you think podcast is sort of serving as a surrogate news since people don't watch network or even cable news or even read a lot uh, uh, at this point i mean so it depends on what uh, yeah, I'm asking you for broad strokes. Again, guys, this is purely philosophical, big picture stuff. So for me, so I, I, I'm going to give you an example of what my news yeah, go. stream looks like. So my news stream consists of basically my, my main source of news is I use the Google News Feed 
by swapping by swiping left on my uh, on my Android, and immediately what comes up is tailored to me based on my Google search history articles uh, from Google that just come up based on all the relevant topics that I'm interested in. That's my number one main source of news. And it, I can just scroll down and I can find, okay, here's gaming, here's anime, here's tech, here's political, here's sports. Mm-hmm. And I get to see all that. Um, so I, I, I get to see all that. And then from there, I'm able to splinter off and find my other sources of the news. Uh, sometimes it's word of mouth through my friends groups mm-hmm. and then sometimes it's directly from the platforms that I that I uh, that, that I uh, that I use so discord for example just looks at all the games I have installed on my computer and says hey here's newsfeed for all of those games that are relevant to the games that you have installed on your computer right? That's a great way to get news and stuff like that. So it it uh it, it all just depends on it all just depends on what each person has set up around them to get news for. And mm-hmm. sitting down on the TV for the nightly news is just not at least for my generation is definitely not what we're doing. It's um it's it's interesting how comfortable you are. Um, with having Google so casually access all that information. To be honest with you, man, I'm actually more with you on this. My generation tends to be very paranoid because we're young enough that we understand all the crazy privacy-breaking technology going on, but we're not young enough where it's a part of everyday life, you know? Um, Right. And if you just are a good person and don't break the law, you know... uh, I'm I'm kind of with you on this, but you know what what, what Maddie. So guys, I I don't want to do a long privacy discussion with Ethan because we got a lot of topics. I will send you as always to the Kotaku Split Screen Podcast, which usually has Jason Stryer. He just got his wisdom teeth out. Apparently, he's drugged up in bed at the moment. Um, but the, the great Maddie Myers from Kotaku and Kirk Hamilton, who used to work for Kotaku and now is a musician, but still does the Kotaku podcast. Those two are awesome. Schreier's great. You know, we always talk about Schreier. They do a long discussion about you know how paranoid they they've gotten as public figures and it's hard for me to blame them man um so i'll just refer people to that um but yeah you know i, I use something like flipboard or a modified version of google news that i'm, I'm tailoring myself but it's essentially the same thing um uh I, I think i'm much more uh less hesitant to authorize you know an app interacting with another app than most than most people i don't know um uh, maybe I should be um, more careful. Um, speaking of uh, Big Brother, <laughs> E3 is coming up, my dude. And uh, correct me if our pregame talk, I got this wrong. It seemed like the one sentence takeaway from our pregame talk about E3 was curious about Nintendo, but Microsoft should steal it, barring unforeseen disaster. Did I get that about right? So, it is. If Microsoft doesn't announce the next console at E3 here, they they seriously like must have something else in the bag because I don't know what the, it, I, I expect to see. Some of the exclusives they showed off last year show mm-hmm. up that didn't come out this year or last year, of course. Right. 
And then I expect to see... Uh, I expect them to announce their next console. I expect them to next announce console because Sony has put the ball in their court. They have to say that they have to either show or say what the specs are for this thing because it, 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 it's not looking good. It, it won't be looking good early on if they don't. And I fully expect Microsoft to put invest more money in their console this generation than they did mm. uh, last generation, especially since Sony basically walked away with this console generation. Um, so I... Microsoft really has everything going for them to win this E3. To be fair, it's not much of a contest, but they should be able to win the E3 regardless, right? If a third of the competition pulls out, and all you have to do is announce a new console and show a ton of stuff for it, and you win, if Microsoft doesn't do that, then Nintendo just wins by default, and it's just like, well, I don't know what to say. Like, th- th- like, this is the moment in America, like, like, regardless of how the industry is changing and the industry is trying to pull away from E3 being this, the focal point of video game hype news and discussion in America and for a lot of people around the world, despite that, it is still the central point, right? Nintendo always puts out its biggest direct during E3. They always have booths at E3. Mm-hmm. You always have Ubisoft and Bethesda and all the other guys showing off their stuff at E3. Just because Sony is pulled out and they're not, and so far, according to plan, they're not doing anything, I, it's totally possible they put I mean, out they a just video. Did. This is an epochal announcement. I, I'm going to interrupt you, but go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, it, Can I? If oh, no, they no. do put out a video, a huge video, yeah. showing off all of the exclusives that they have not put out yet, and they say, mm-hmm. oh, it'll be all this year okay. or next year. Or Microsoft's whatever. official website, okay? Microsoft's official press website. Sony and Microsoft to explore a strategic partnership. Subheadline, companies to collaborate on new cloud-based solutions for gaming experiences and AI solutions. Well, Ethan, what other ginormous major global corporation is already trying to do this and might force Microsoft and Sony into a partnership to compete against Google? Google. They're worried about Google. They are so worried about Google that they're openly shaking hands with each other. Just as PS5 was announced and Xbox, you know, whatever is going to be announced. This is amazing, right? Even just the optics of it. Like, and the AI is not a coincidence because Google's been talking big game about AI and Microsoft Sony's like, oh yeah, you want to talk about AI? Okay. We'll we'll talk about AI. Yeah. It's, this is huge because First of all, our podcast is over. We've got nothing. I mean, if you're not defending Microsoft and ripping Sony and me, vice versa, I mean, they just took away all our ammunition. (laughs) Sorry, Um, sorry. it just occurred to me. I had to say it. (laughs) We fight about this all the time. Now they're friends. No, 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 you can you can still hate on Microsoft. You could just well, because what will happen is what will happen is assuming this leads to things like crossplay and whatnot. Sure. Uh, which is a rabbit hole I do not want to go down right now. Mm-hmm. But assuming that is still the case, I imagine Sony will still come out with more exclusives than Microsoft will for probably this generation. I'm going to bet my coins on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can still rub it in my face that Sony has more better exclusives. No, so I don't want to rub go. anything in your face. I'm taking Sony and Microsoft against Google in this case. Yeah. It, so I always take two companies over one. 
first and foremost. Can I make one prediction? Can I just make one really quick prediction? You can make a prediction. Go ahead. I I was just going to explain Stadia real fast. Right. So with the Switch in the 299 area, with the PS, I think, almost for sure, starting 499, going up to 599 area, I think, dude, the new Xbox is going to be the first home console computer. It has to be. Price-wise, niche-wise, Microsoft's got the software. They've got all the support. They've got the advanced equipment. We already know it's going to be better. Sell it to people as a computer with a console. This is the exact time to do it. They can't go up against PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and the Switch. It's too much competition. Well, the, the based on the based on the PS5 specs, it's already so close to a mid-tier PC mm-hmm. that you would buy right now. Your idea is not too far-fetched. However, okay. based on the fact that they're putting all of their exclusives on PC, I'm going to go ahead and say no, they're not going to do that. So you think they're going to try and compete directly in the 499, 599 area? Yes. Okay. And I fully, I fully expect them to have the better console for the better price this generation. I just think Sony's going to have more exclusives and a bigger fan base because it does. Um, I'm not saying they're not going to announce this as if it were another console, but they've danced around doing a more advanced and more expensive console before. Um, the Xbox has been a media device, like an all-around a media that's what device. I'm saying. What if this was everything? Years. What if you, you could wirelessly power... Um, the way like when the Dell, you know what the Dell Optiplex computers are? Yeah. Or what they originally were. So Optiplex, they were network computers. So you had a huge hub with a bunch of giant things, you know, in your storage room. And then every single employee in their cubicle did not have to physically have a computer. Worked well in some cases, not so well in the other. But to do this in a home environment with them having Windows, computers, the Xbox, and all this going on. And now they can lean a little bit on Sony for some hardware development and some, you know, software creativity. Yeah, it's not happening. Um, but, but, well, they're, they're making this partnership. They're specifically talking about cloud services, which is how everything's going to be delivered in AI, which is our future overlords. I, I'm not sure how else to view Cheers. this. So let, let me explain how to view this then. So months back, we, we got an announcement of Google Stadia, which in short, cloud-based gaming, TLDR, any device that has your platform, you would connect to a server and you stream the game from the server to your device, whether it be your phone, your desktop, your laptop, whatever, and all the computing is done on the server rather than on your computer or your phone. That way, it doesn't matter what the specs of your device are, you just play the game in real time. Now, as we discussed at length, the laws of physics have not changed and 5G is not out yet. So it's it's hard to believe that there would be zero latency for these type of things as Google was boasting. Now, what Microsoft and Sony are doing is they are teaming up in this partnership, which is only just paper right now, as far as we can tell. Um, that, is, that doesn't mean they aren't doing serious work behind the scenes, but I highly doubt that. No, let's get, let's um, get, well, hold, on, hold on, really quick, dude, and I'll let you come in. Let me get one thing clear. 
This is all about optics and public relations. Right. I agree, but it is still about optics, public relations on the front page of Microsoft. It's Sony's pages. They're making it very publicly known that this is happening. So I'm just going by yep. this. I have no ulterior motives or designs. I don't know where this is leading, but we can't discount that both companies are op- publicly openly talking about this. Go ahead. No, I, it, it's, 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 an, it's an investment statement. That's what it is. Um, because th- this is inevitably the future of gaming. Uh, it just is. Um, and direct this, response to Google. Is, do you agree with that? This is a direct response to Google. The future of gaming. No, or, no, no. no. The, the, this particular partnership talking about iCloud and AI, the way that Stadia talked about the same things. Uh, yes. This, this is this is a clone or direct oh. response or other option product for this service. Yes. Um, th- that's why I was comparing it to Stadia because it is Stadia uh, just on something different. Uh, we, don't, we don't know any of the details. Like we have, we have so much more information about Stadia that we could talk about Stadia all day versus just this, because this is literally just a press statement. Um, what this means though, is this could what this type of thing means is this could start to bridge the gap, and this is what I'm very much more excited for outside of cloud gaming, is this could be the thing that starts the cross-play era of gaming. Fortnite did huge, huge, huge strides to help push it. Rocket League was one of the first games to start to do it, but we're just not there yet because of, A, the amount of games that offer it, but B, because Sony was disinterested in it for basically the past two years. Now, if it, the case is, okay, we're going to work together on this cloud partnership. This way we will build the infrastructure for us to have a direct competition against Google. But not only that, that will allow us to bridge the gap for cross-play gaming and give a give a bone to the consumer to have them invest into our consoles rather than into Google's Stadia option. So that's where I see this going. Um, mm. it, it, to me, to me, the, like, the, this is very much, uh, hey, we're doing lots of cool shit too. Keep your eyes and your money in our direction, not over there. Uh, and honestly, th- th- this was these type of things were going to happen. It was just a matter of time till they were. Um, so if you saw this coming, then you're Nostradamus. I did not see this coming. I didn't see a partnership in this way, but I saw them working together for the betterment of uh, cross gaming in general. They've they've been direct console competitors for twenty years. This makes no sense on the surface to and, me. And ever since the introduction of crossplay, every gamer has said that 99% of gamers agree that crossplay is something that should exist for multiplayer games. Nothing helps a multiplayer game better than having more people to play it, no matter what, no matter whether or not you have keyboard or mouse or an Xbox or your X button is where the A button should be, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 cross. Cross-platform is such a huge. It, 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 the technology is here; it just hasn't been done because no one, like, no one's been brave enough to go out there and do it. And Sony has also put their foot down and said, "No, you can't do it." 
So uh, I, 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 I really see this being the future. It is. I, I, I don't think you're doing it justice, not intentionally, but to think cloud services and artificial intelligence is just about crossplay, I, I think that's a important but not a majority aspect of this. Um, this Sorry, is about yeah, all well, well, delivery well. services and beyond when the AIs are managing the delivery services, which is very scary to think about now that we, Sorry. it's somewhat scary to have Sony and Microsoft going up against Google with artificial intelligence. I'm not well, going well, to lie. Well, what I meant to say besides that, let, let me clarify what I meant to say. What I'm trying to say is where, with where this partnership leads for Microsoft and Sony, that's what I was trying to address mm. is you have this partnership where they are working on a cloud-based system together to take on Google, but you then have them making this framework for cross-play gaming. That's, that's where I said, I would, that's where I was trying to say where this is going. Um, outside of that, I very much see these companies not work, maybe working closely together, mm-hmm. but not, not for each other's console. I very much see these companies working together to just bring gaming closer together and make a better gaming experience for everybody. That's, that's kind of it. Um, and, and competing with Google. Yeah. I mean, you're extremely calm about this, so maybe I just need time to digest it. When I heard this headline, you know, the what's good. I, I was what's very good, shocked. Yeah, yeah. Well, the what's good. Uh, oh God, I can never say this. The what's good game girl ladies who are like it's so awesome and hilarious they don't they do clickbaity stuff they seem to like well they follow schreier and you know so that's always a good st- pl- place to start um but uh it, you know they were somewhat casual about it because i don't we none of us understand it but the fact that it's being framed as an equal long-term partnership i don't know if this is going into monopoly territory I mean, do you put out yeah. the Xbox just to put on the front of competition while you're... I mean, let's put it this way. You can compete selling consoles all the live long day for the next few years, but the long game, as Tony Stark would say in the development of Ultron, right, who's supposed to be the ultimate AI, putting a suit of armor around the world, you know, don't kid yourself that some of these people have similar intentions, even if they're good intentions, but AI and cloud services, dude, is a long term partnership in the lack of details I th- at the beginning I think is only confirming that that's the case I don't know where it's leading I'm not thrilled about this the more I think about it because I liked Sony being a little bit of just they just had the console you know Microsoft has so much Nintendo you know has an entire way of life you know Sony just had the console so um, I, I'm not going to ask you to make any predictions, but this certainly throws a chink in not just what's announced at E3 to refocus it, but how it's framed, right? Like, no matter what Microsoft announces now, people are going to be like, oh, how does this reflect on the Sony deal, right? I, I'm not saying that's how it should be, but you know you know it's going to happen. Right, and and I just want to clarify one more thing, too. Like, the the, the announcement is so very vague as well. So... What th- this could mean a lot of things. This could just mean a partnership, as in to get the framework going for cloud-based services. At that point, they could just say, "Okay, we built our framework. We're gonna make our own services now." It, it, it this is a great announcement. 
from my perspective, for the future of gaming, um, I would say we need a lot more details about what they're doing with this partnership before we jump to conclusions about Can what I, it's doing. Would, would you allow me to read a few sentences? Sure, God. I think you will agree. Well, let me read it first. Quote, Sony is a creative entertainment company with a solid foundation of technology. We, Microsoft, collaborate closely with a multitude of content creators that capture the imagination of people around the world, and through our cutting-edge technology, we provide the tools to bring their dreams and vision to reality, said Kenichiro Yoshido, president and CEO of Sony. PlayStation itself came about through the integration of creativity and technology. Our mission is to seamlessly evolve this platform as one that continues to deliver the best and most immersive entertainment experiences, together with a cloud environment that ensures the best possible experience anytime, anywhere. Here comes. For many years, Microsoft, our new partner, has been a key business partner for us. So they're saying they've already been a partner. That's me. Though, of course, the two companies have also been competing in some areas. Okay, CEO of Sony just said we've been partners competing in some areas. He goes on. I believe that our joint development of future cloud solutions will contribute greatly to the advancement of interactive content. Additionally, I hope that in the areas of semiconductors and artificial intelligence, leveraging each company's cutting-edge technology in a mutually complementary way will lead to the creation of new value for society. There's a huge amount of giant ass-kissing going on in both ways here. I don't know how else to interpret this. I did, not see this I did not see this coming. If you saw this coming, then I'm giving you major points. I, I saw nothing even close to this coming. I didn't, I didn't see the AI stuff coming, but that after I found out that it was part of, um, after I found out it was a necessary part of, or rather not a necessary, but a futuristic part of cloud mm-hmm. gaming based on Google's press. Um, it, it became part of the equation. Now, so what does Sony have Sony, for Microsoft? The, 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 what the, the what can Sony? About, uh, sorry, sorry, really quickly. Great, Microsoft. Great well, Microsoft specifically talking about Asia. You talking about Asia for a second? Okay. So they're uh, specifically saying our part partnership brings Asia to Sony for new gaming experiences. So what does Sony have to offer Microsoft other than market share? I honestly don't know. They're a great tech giant, and they have a great basis in Asia. So that. Um, They're not in the TV market. All of their physical uh, Blu-ray, DVDs, CDs, mini discs, cassettes, all outdated. Nobody uses anymore. They're not really... I mean, their headphones are decent. Um, I don't know what they have. I mean, Sony Electronics used to be the biggest company in the world in the 80s selling televisions. That was a long time ago. I'm just being brutally honest here. I don't know what they have. They're a corporate tech giant. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, it, it, this is... You hear them specifically say for interactive entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's corporate speak for video games. For anybody yes. who doesn't... Yes. So... Microsoft it, wants it, to get it, into the name of the game as the game. That's what Sony has. Yeah. It, 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 this is... To me, there are so many implications in this article about what they could be doing mm. with this partnership. Right. There are just not enough, there, there are just a not enough concrete statements from the two companies that say, we are specifically ending exclusivity. We are putting all of our games on each other's consoles. Nope, they don't say that anywhere. 
we are working on making a cross-platform infrastructure so that everybody's multiplayer games can, you don't matter what piece of plastic you have, you can play guns with each other. Don't say that anywhere. Mm -hmm. The only thing they say is that they're working on a cloud-based service. And Which is still more me, in Microsoft's court. What does Sony have? Do they have an AI? That's the only thing I can think of. Sony's got is, like an e, a, e, did, Have you seen uh, Ex Machina? No. What? Okay, you've seen Ghost in the Shell, though. Yes. Okay, so they have like a high-level Ghost in the Shell type AI locked in a closet somewhere. That's the it's only totally thing they can have. Because, you know, as great as it would be to get Horizon 2, God of War 2, Spider-Man 2, and so forth, Last of Us 3 on... Uh, Xbox. I don't think that's the only thing Sony's negotiating with, I, unless I'm missing something here. It's why I believe mm -hmm. that they are both pitching in to, rather than have one of them yeah. spend the billion dollars that they're going to need to create this infrastructure for cloud-based gaming, they are splitting the check with each other. <laughs> that's what I think this is. More than anything, so as the two, mm -hmm. as the as two of the, th as two thirds of the of the largest groups in the entertainment industry, so video game industry, to 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 share the check, so they both have access to that infrastructure. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me. Are you are you into the ter uh, Terminator series at all? I've seen one and two. Okay. One's a classic movie, obviously, from the 80s. Mm -hmm. Two, some Two's people... Better. Right. If you're into just big explosions and, and Sarah Connor with shotguns, then you're going to love two. So one and two are classics, right? Three, four, Genesis, all of them, to various levels, flawed or bad. Um, however, they did try and reboot post one and two, a series on Fox about 10 years ago called the Sarah Connor Chronicles with Lena Headey, who plays Cersei on Game of Thrones, a Sarah Connor. She was amazing. Um, but why it's interesting is it's her and 16 year old John Connor, who's now a computer genius and not annoying, actually. His 16 year old John Connor is kind of the man. And what they realize is that Skynet did not evolve from a single AI, but was brought together by a Terminator from the future who comes back and works in like weather AI, traffic uh, uh, light AI, you know, t t t more standard, you know, online AI and so forth, worked all of them together to build Skynet. And so it makes it much more interesting in terms of like, you know, disentangling, you know, all the various AIs. It wasn't just one that suddenly becomes self-aware. I think that's what's going on here. Google's going to have an AI. Sony's got an AI. Microsoft's got the Azure AI. I... I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. People out there read about the singularity, okay? Which, in shortened version, is not um, uh, just AI becoming self-aware, but AI becoming self-aware to the point where they recognize their own self-interest and start to self-replicate, all of which we are not involved with. <laughs> when that happens, we have to hope that our AI overlord masters are benevolent, Ethan, or we are in ginormous trouble. I think I think AI developers are a little too smart to let that type of stuff happen, but I understand the concern. Well, that's the um, you know, that's the big debate philosophically is will it be emergent or will it be revolutionary? Meaning do you just keep developing stages of further and further advancement, almost as if you're leveling up like in a video game, you know what I mean? Until you hit a point and then it's only boosts or do you just throw a whole bunch of code stew and let it move around like the poor mo 
primordial oozes that led to the initial life on this planet five billion years ago and let it sort of uh you know evolve in a revolutionary way that way um could go either way (laughs) but the point being is man i i'm very interested about the artificial intelligence side of this i don't know what they're doing with cloud services no one knows what anyone's doing with cloud services right i mean that as you pointed out it could mean anything we only know so much and just the infrastructure isn't there yet it's very simple let's take sony can you take sony side for a second so so they they go from no crossplay to limited crossplay to allowing more crossplay to signing a long-term deal with microsoft how does this happen if you're sony so just right on the wall like mm-hmm. like Service the fortnight games. the fortnight yeah. the fortnight backlash was enough yep right uh an article came out a while ago saying destiny 2 cross save was not allowed because sony said fuck you like like it th- there are all these instances of gaming wanting to actually do what its technology allows mm. and just just times where sony says no i mean when the ball was flipped, Microsoft said no. So th- there was one game a while back that was like, we're trying to push, the we're, we're, we have the capabilities uh, to do it for this one multiplayer game. I totally forget what it's called. But th- there was a time when Microsoft said, was it was in charge and Microsoft said no, no cross-play. Uh, so it, it's not surprising that Sony said no when it had power. And I think now that Sony sees the writing on the wall that there are games that will flourish gaming will flourish because of it that's what people want mm. like like they, they got enough backlash for Fortnite. Mm-hmm. they eventually lifted that uh you know like a, se- a season later they lifted that uh x-nay and i think they lifted it for rocket league as well i'm not certain on that um but it, it it's running on the wall like sooner or later Mm-hmm. It's sooner or later we're going to see Call of Duty having crossplay, and that's when we know it will be mainstream, and every multiplayer game is going to have to have crossplay. Right. I mean, I mean, heck, Unreal Engine Four has is de- in the engine itself is dedicated. There are way, uh, Epic is pushing uh, games to with that use Unreal Engine to be crossplay mm-hmm. if they can be. Um. Because it, it makes sense. It just does. Mm-hmm. Like, like there is there is no re- we are no longer bound by the technological constraint that says that my just just because my piece of plastic is better than yours or we're we're having a fight over which controller has the better paddle, right? Like, there's no reason why I can't shoot you in the head and in the same Call of Duty match just because we're on different. He's not kidding. He's like, being literal here. We're 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 past that point. We we are past that point in technology. Okay. Um, okay. I got two theories for you. You ready? God. Hear me out on these, okay? Because they're they're different theories and they're conditional on different things. Okay. One theory has to do with what I said about the more expensive Xbox home computer. I'll get that out of the way first. The other is about the future. So I'll do the present first. So my only other argument for why they might try and do like a home networking computer slash console slash media system is that who's really killing it in the home computer market right now? I mean, honestly, nobody. (laughs) 
I mean, technically, Mac is 20% of the market, but who else has 20% of the hardware PC market for home? Because I'm not aware. The laptops all suck, other than ThinkPads, as far as I can tell, for the mainstream. Dell is horrible, as it's always been. Um, there's a huge opening for, I mean, Chromebooks are okay. You know, the Microsoft Surface has been a big success. This is the opportunity, I think, for Microsoft to really capitalize on Windows plus Xbox into the home market. This would be the way to do it, I think. I just, I just can't. And okay. it, 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 may, okay. it may be being okay. limited thinking, but no, no, it's to fine. me, that's what I want to get to, out first. To me, yeah. there are too many people. Yeah. Here's, here's just the simple explanation. Too many people mm. want to, and th- th- this is the argument for why they don't get PCs. I, too many people want to come home mm. after their nine to five, kick off their shoes, put up their feet, yep. pick up a controller and press the button and it works. Right. There are too many issues and you've experienced them now where things like a PC, if I think it also has to be a PC and play games, I got to maintain it. Right. You're, you're running into that right now where the PC I gave you, it's just not working because it needs a glob of thermal compound on it so it functions. But the, the, the 9 to 5 guy who buys a console just wants it to work, doesn't care about that. He just wants it to work. Mm-hmm. Or she just wants it to work. Or it just wants it to work. So, like, the, the, making it, Xbox has always been a media device. Mm-hmm. Even, it's, even in its 360 days, it was always a media device uh so i imagine time, they I use will, it as a as a as a 4k blu-ray player or whatever right it to, to me to me can the I xbox push? the xbox next will be whatever will be an enhanced media device beyond xbox one with the advancements of xbox uh, with the advancements okay. of windows 10 but that's about it okay let me let me push on this a little bit so Microsoft has way more assets for the far future. Sony has a few very valuable assets in the near term, mainly market share and putting out awesome video games for their exclusive system, right? Including mm-hmm. Bloodborne, which people still haven't been able to get out of the bloody claws of Sony. You'd think by now there'd be no way. I still can't believe it. It'll never Bloodborne. happen. I know. It's amazing. They, From they has may, never done they, this. Well, it may be because they signed IP rights, mm-hmm. and so at that point, sure. you're just fucked. Okay, <laughs> let me let me. Do you mind if I just just riff here and then get your response yeah, real quick? Which is, in a world where Sony has by between Sony and, and Microsoft has eighty percent essentially, um, and more than that in terms of games, and way more than that in terms of best selling exclusive games, and Nintendo has locked up on like literally every level the. Uh, portable market over the last 15 years let's say right ds in 2004 i believe initially so the last 15 years nintendo's got that on lockdown um different culture but also different way of playing but you know bridging the gaps microsoft as windows 10 and you know so much of what's behind steam culture and the you know thank god the the rebirth of the pc master race that you and i love i love to you know make fun of them but i i'm supportive of the pc master race obviously um when it comes to gaming which microsoft is involved with where does the xbox fit in i mean like where does it really need it like let's put this way ethan if the if they if microsoft i'm not saying this is going to happen i'm not asking you to respond to this hypothetical other than from from a, a, a 
philosophical standpoint, meaning if just do the thought experiment, Microsoft says we have all these amazing new gaming computers coming out. We have a partnership with Sony. We're doing this. We're doing that. So no Xbox for now as we redesign things. Who would really be suffering? You know what I mean? Because PlayStation would still be killing it on the home console market, which in the long term is not viable, but for the next few years, it remains viable. And Nintendo has a portable market. And again, Microsoft has their hands all over the PC you know, in that sort of market, I, I I don't know where the Xbox fits in. It's sort of like that that kid who's like part of your friend group, but like they don't really like fit in like a particular niche. You're not sure what to do with them. You know what I mean? I, Xbox is not like it's not like Xbox is the Soldier Boy console, right? Yeah. Like Xbox is like is very much existent. People still, there are people who will buy an Xbox over a PlayStation because they'd rather have an Xbox. It's 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 not like Sony is the only option. It, it, to 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 me, I, I would always consider buying an Xbox before a PlayStation, just because of how I grew up. I grew up with an Xbox. No, no, no. stick but, stick but, to the actual question about market share. When you combine all of gaming, let's four categories: Xbox. So, uh, Nintendo products, Sony products, um, and Windows, Mac, you know, home PC products, four categories. The other categories that aren't Xbox is like 95% of the gaming market. That's what I'm saying. Right. Okay. And Microsoft must realize that, but they've got so much yeah. going for them, which is why I'm trying to come up with alternate ideas of what the Xbox yeah. could be, so, or are they just going to push it off for one more generation? So, so, so I, ha- I have the alternate idea, which is make a whole fucking lot less of them. <laughs> they, they made so many Xbox Ones when it came out, and when they didn't sell, they were sitting there. And that, that, that's even worse than selling a unit and right. at, at a low price. It, you, you, you are wa- you're just wasting space. I got to keep pushing on this, though. What is the need to, to survive in the market? You have to either fill a need or fill a perceived need. There's definitely no need for any of this. I'm not sure there's even a perceived need for an Xbox with everything else going on. I mean, sell me on it. Halo, Gears of War, Sea of Thieves. Need for or not need for speed. Forza. Oh, this takes me even to my other theory, which is that Sony and Microsoft are going to merge in the not this yeah. generation, but the following. Not emerge, but there's going to be a, like they're going to combine their console. Microsoft will do cloud. They'll combine AI. Sony will do games development. It's it seems obvious to me. Sony makes too much money. They don't care. They won't do it. Mm-mm. I don't see it happening. No, but Microsoft's Microsoft. Yeah, but you just said. 90, they're they're five percent. Why would they care about five percent? Well, because my whole theory is after the PS5 uh, generation, that's when the the merging. I, you know, I've lo- I've long thought that's when the real merging of sort of the home computer console TV media thing will be complete. Bandwidth will be so ridiculously fast. It'll be easy to do. You can still be able to stream 4K wirelessly. Like everything will be connected. Everyone's already got Alexa and Siri in their house. Microsoft and fucking you know Microsoft's got Cortana right or whatever. I mean, yeah, it's it's. I think it's all headed that way. But I I, I don't you know I'm. Uh, I, I can see the long term, but I'm not sure what the next three to five years hold in this case. Uh, I'll give you a final thought on this. We'll move on to some video game topics. Yeah, it, unless Microsoft 
absolutely shits the bed and becomes uh, their gaming division. Just sells worse than the Xbox One. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. And generally speaking, when corporations like this that are this big shut down a thing, they hold on to the IPs that it created and don't give them away. They just lock them in a room forever. And this brings me back to the beginning of this whole discussion, which is what does Sony have that they're willing to share with Microsoft and vice versa? I'm not really sure. Money. Money and a similar goal. Microsoft has way more money than Sony. Are you kidding me? It's not even close. Yeah, but not allocated for this business. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that was plenty of good tech philosophical speculation. So let's move back into some more uh, topics. Um, so front page of Kotaku, Ethan, it should not surprise anybody that, um, well, let me put it this way. It should not surprise anyone that a company as successful um, as Project Red would also be suffering, quote unquote, from crunch with their employees. But mm-hmm. it's interesting that they would come out and be so blatant in, in the quotes they gave. So very blunt and honest that they're aware of what's going on. I don't know if they would have taken action if not for Schreier's work and people around Schreier. I mean, let's be honest, dude. Schreier should get an award for this, like a legitimate reporting award. I think he will. I think he'll get a uh, Peabody is my is my guess. That's usually what they award for this kind of stuff. Um, They'll probably just give him an award at the gaming awards. Yeah. What what have you heard about uh, Cyberpunk these days? Any, anything from Project Red? No, no, no. They haven't announced anything in a very long time, which makes me very much suspect they will do something again mm-hmm. at Microsoft. Because mm-hmm. uh, last year, that was where they unveiled the Cyberpunk trailer. Well, first time for anybody seeing it was at the Microsoft conference. Right. So I fully expect we will get some announcement mm-hmm. uh, from them there, especially since Sony pulled out now. Uh, so... Super excited. Let's see. We'll see. Do we know who the lead designer is? At, uh, no, I don't Cyberpunk? know. But Cyberpunk is such a Cy- Cyberpunk is such a household name. Director Adamowski. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do good, no matter who was in charge per se. It's. CD Projekt Red is that is that in, is in that sweet spot where there's still like a super reputable development team where you could just name drop their name and everyone's like ah yeah them yeah I love their games um, so it's it's hard to I, I I actually don't keep track of like who works there because. Well, one. Well, they're all they're, Polish, and you can't pronounce they're their all names. Polish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's not a joke. It's literally you can't pronounce any of these yeah, names. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't pronounce any yeah. of these names. Nobody um, can. But because if, if I could drop their name at, at like a, at, the, at the drop of a hat, then mm-hmm. I don't need to that I don't need to know who's working for them. I could just say, hey, it's mm-hmm. City Project Red, eh, City Project Red. Yep. Um, just like Bungie was back in the days when they were making Halo before, <sighs> like Halo. You just say, hey, it's Bungie. They're like, yeah, Bungie. And now it's like Bungie. Not me. Um, I'm all bungified. I'm I'm bungied up. um, As one. But the internet isn't like that. Uh, So 
No, there's not a lot of news about CD Projekt Red, but to be fair, like, they don't, their motto, like, their stance is, we will not say anything, we will not do anything, we will never end microtransactions, we won't do anything until this game is done. When this game is done, you can have it. And we will tell you when it's done. Don't worry. So, we'll see. Mm -hmm. We will see. So, they're up to at least 400 full-time project uh, members for Cyberpunk. Um, they may have waited a little too long (laughs) till after they finished the second Witcher DLC, neither of which are that great. Um, I will say though, man, and look, I'm a little skeptical of Cyberpunk 2077 only as a Blade Runner fan. It's so hard in any media to do Cyberpunk. Well, Ghost in the Shell nailed it. The first Matrix nailed it. The first Blade Runner nailed it. Blade Runner 2049, some parts nailed it. Some parts didn't nail it. So this is a big challenge. Obviously, um, uh, Deus Ex uh, is known for this, uh, and yep. some of them have done it better than others. I happen to like the Deus Ex games. In fact, I'm sitting on the most recent one I got for like $3. Uh, I'm actually excited to play that because it's $3. Um, I will say, though, Ethan, in this I mean, you can call this gratuitous shitting on Bethesda, but these are two companies with... Uh, headed in very different directions. Bethesda has been the king forever and the bugs finally caught up to them. And The Witcher, which is not actually buggy. I initially thought The Witcher was buggy. It's just janky, which is different than buggy. Once you get used to the jankiness in The Witcher in 200 hours, it probably crashed on me like two or three times, honestly. Um, or you get stuck somewhere or whatever. The only game that's not happened in 200 hours is Horizon, which is a freak of nature. You can jump out of any stuck point you're in which are almost never happens um and so i'm not going to say it's bug free uh, or going to be bug free and then the witcher was bug free but to me this seems Most like games aren't either no yeah, but to me this seems like it's going uh just fine in the right direction it, it, as long as they can get it out by the end of this year um i'm thinking cyberpunk and last of us 2 any early contenders with them for for game of the year assuming they both come out this year if cyberpunk comes out i don't think last of us stands a chance assuming it's good. I, I, i'm just asking you to add to the list i'm not you don't have to pick right now just you know of uh, games that would be hyped slash worthy enough to even discuss. so so for one for one i don't think we're gonna get cyberpunk this year i think we'll get it next year okay but assuming we did okay um what else is coming out this year? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Uh, what was the other game that was coming out? It probably won't be Doom, but I'm sure Doom will get nominated. Um, okay, I got everything. Anthem XD, no. Uh, Borderlands 3. I very much expect Borderlands 3 to get nominated, if not chosen. Uh, there was actually a lot of games that came out this year. Yeah, Borderlands 3. Yep. Sekiro, I very much expect to get a, a I mean, nomination. my Dream World Fire Emblem would get nominated because it's that good, but I have no idea. Oh, Jedi Fallen no, Order. No, no Jedi chance. Fallen Order. No that's, that's the Jedi idea. Fallen Order yeah. maybe yeah. really depends. No, no I, I'm just talking about the caliber of budget of a game and hype, you know, excitedness around it. That's all I'm saying. So it's, yeah. not, it's not the caliber... So, well, it has nothing to do with the caliber. I mean, Celeste got nominated for Game of the I, Year. I understand year. that, but that's why, even if you think Cyberpunk would crush Last of Us 2, which I don't agree with, they're both clearly games that a lot of people will have on their Game of the Year, assuming they're good. Yeah. yeah. 
I think uh, the thing about um, what was I going to say? The thing about Fallen Order mm-hmm. is just that they haven't proven themselves yet. This is the first time they're making a game like this. So I just I'm I'm just un, I'm I'm wary about how they're going to turn out. CD Projekt Red has very much proven themselves already, repeatedly. Can I? Can I give you one reason why Fallen Order has a chance, other than just Star Wars, which is low-hanging fruit? They, I, I know what it is, but go ahead. What do you think it is? I was uh, probably the reason you cited last time, which is their just their collaboration with Disney on this. Right, but I'm going to put it into dollars, which you can appreciate. Okay. They're getting they're getting that Bob Iger dollars. Let me tell you, Disney is pumping money into this game. I'm sure they'll get back end if it sells well, but Disney is committed to the storyline in canon and they want to present it as awesomely as possible because as flawed as the Battlefront 2 campaign was in its shortness, some of it was quite good. If they can nail an entire single player game of great canon and fun playing, it doesn't even have to be as good as The Witcher Horizon, just better than... Let's put it this way. Somewhere between The Witcher and Force Unleashed. It has to be better than The Force Unleashed. But, the, you know, it doesn't have to be The Witcher 3. Um, but tells a great story. Performances, production values, force powers, lightsaber fights. Dude, I'm wondering if they're going to steal some... Um, I was thinking about this. Some Sekira uh, stuff with the lightsaber fights. Because we don't have a lot of games... Oh, shit. What's that medieval game um, that came out a year or two ago that people still play? With the sword fighting. Um, For Honor. For Honor, yeah. We, so, other than For Honor and Sekira, have we had any, like, technical, like, weapon-on-weapon battle stuff? I'm not saying this is going to do it, but if it was going to, who else would it steal from? There is. Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I'm right about For Honor, though, right? That that would, that would be um, something they might steal from? Maybe here's the thing. Yeah, it's 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 respawn making a not a, first of all not a shooty game. So it's it's a it's a lightsaber game theoretically. We we don't know. Maybe maybe there is gun parts. Either way, it's a third person combat game, something they've never done before. Um, uh, well, kind of. Titanfall doesn't really count. Um, and they're. They're making a story-driven. They're making a solely story-driven game. They do have access to whatever is left of Mass Effect. What? They, who, if they have any assets left and the positive side of Mass Effect, at least through EA, they would have that consultation because when, when the Mass I'm sure Effect they could talk third to person, developers, yeah, right. But as what, far as I'm aware, everyone, everyone at Bioware is headstrong into Dragon Age Four right now, so. Uh, dude, I'm telling you, if the combat is as good as Andromeda, but with lightsabers, it'll blow people away. The Andromeda combat was was excellent. I mean, they've never done anything like that, in my opinion, combat-wise, uh, Bioware, despite all the problems. I would be thrilled with that. Um, but it'll be yeah, interesting but- to see if it's a story-driven game like Last of Us or Uncharted with a fighting component or whether it's a straight up smaller version of horizon, which has a strong story component, but is ultimately about things like gathering resources and fighting, you know, waves of bad guys and stuff like that. Maybe somewhere in between. I have no idea. Right. And that's really what I'm getting at when I say they're just unproven because 
They've never, they've never made a game like this before. They, Timefall they, 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 They're both, both of those games are first-person shooters. They're not third-person story-driven games. Yes. Um, that's what I mean when they're unproven. Uh, uh, Night Dog also did a bunch of uh, Crash Bandicoot games before Uncharted, I'm just saying. And Horizon, in an exact metaphor or exact analogy, uh, the Horizon team at Gorilla did th- four or five kill zone games, which were okay, pretty shooters, and then Horizon. So this and is not bi- that hard and, of a and, transition. And and and, and, Biomer- and Bioware made a and Bioware made a story driven first person or third person game that was highly based upon your choices, and then tried to make a looter shooter, and it failed spectacularly. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. again. Game development is not that easy. You, you can't just... It, just right. because you have people who are good at making games doesn't mean you have people who yeah, are good at making I, this all is, sorts of games. This, right? honestly, so this is one so, of the... So, which is my point. Yeah, with my point is uh-huh. that they, have not, they haven't even shown me gameplay yet, right? I need to see gameplay, and I need to Can see... T- yeah. bes- besides that, I need to see that the game comes out and is received well. And I haven't seen those two things yet. They've been saying the same release date for a very long time, and they're sticking to it. I think it's going to be more... To answer my own question, I think you'll agree with me. It's going to be way more Uncharted than Horizon. Um, You know, it will have fighting. It'll be more adventure stuff, swinging around, doing force powers, occasional lightsaber stuff, but mostly storytelling. Which is that's all in there, and I hope it's super cool. Which is super cool. But that also means you can't show like Uncharted Four. You know, like it was like Fort Knox, as Schreier talked about. Once they got the new direction for Uncharted Four, it, it was like Fort Knox. You couldn't get information out about it, and people thought the game was going to bomb because they released so little gameplay footage ahead of time because they were working right up to the the margin. But really, they were hiding the big twist, which is what all the best movies do. Right now, Marvel learned their lesson after Spider Man Home coming where they gave away the whole movie marvel learned their lesson and star wars learned their lesson not to give away too much in these trailers and i'm telling you that's what's going on here i'm not saying it's going to be as good as the last jedi the force awakens rogue one or episode nine but i think lucasfilm is guiding this thing along very very carefully and this is ea's last uh, attempt if they screw up oh, yeah. with the lucasfilm embedded with the story group with them from beginning to end and beyond and they still meant to screw it up with let's be honest dude yes it is a transition from titanfall and apex to this but it's still their most talented young studio that we're aware of in, in terms of batting average if they still manage to screw this up then it's just bad karma and, and they have to go in different directions but i don't think so i think this is going to do this is going to do great um it feels like a ps4 exclusive to me which is great for everyone else um, Listen, playing it. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking for this thing to be bad. No, no, I just I'm not accusing you to whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand the skepticism. You know me; I've been upset about Battlefront Two f- from the beginning. Since, since the controversy, but yeah, since I played it, it was shite. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there there was a time where you said, "I bet you." More people are playing Battlefront 2 than call the new Call of Duty this year. That is a real quote that you can find in one of the podcasts from, I don't know, like two or so years ago. I wonder how many you, people you, are you streaming. Me, you, you check Twitch you, right now? You owe me. You, you, Twitch? You, owe me, you owe me a box of Cosmic Brownies, by the way. I don't owe you anything because you attribute my prediction. 
you attribute my predictions about Fallout 76 and Anthem a year and a half ago, which I made over and over again, you attribute to just sheer luck. And so I do not owe you I mean, anything. And I, and I, you have and no I, respect. You got no I respect. Also, I also made a non-committal statement to those games. Mm. And you made a very committal statement to Battlefront 2. So... Yes, I'm taking the easy way out. I, I you want to categorize your attitude towards Anthem a year, two year and a half ago as non-committal, then I urge the listeners to go back to the early episodes of the Awkward Controllers and listen for yourselves, and you can make a decision if it was quote-unquote non-committal. Um, I made the same statement that I made just a second ago about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I hope it's good. <laughs> Every time I brought up predictions about Fallout 76, you brought up Skyrim and my supposed bias against them, but Look, who yeah. right, buddy. Okay, whatever. We don't well, need yeah, to. Now, now, Fallout 76. We should be petting. This is why this like, po- podcast is so dysfunctional. Is We work together. We should be patting each other on the back, but instead we're just insulting each other, which is why I love it. Um, okay, let's do some easy topics, and then we'll end on some game stuff. Okay. Switch in Japan. Uh, go. They outsold the PS4. Yay! Yeah, Nintendo owns Japan. This is no yeah, new news much. for the last forty years. Yeah, no, but 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 it's 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 a good statement. I think they've passed thirty-two million units now. Question mark. Um, cool, great. Switch I'll tell you this: there's a lot of Japanese will. teens doing a little digital rubby rub. If you know what I'm talking about. Ow! Um, Ethan knows what I'm so, saying. Yeah. Uh, the cafes, uh, quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Cafe, we've we've all seen that, Lost in Translation. That mind you, yeah. Cafes mind you that you can't record the females dancing in there because each cafe wants to ha- monetize its own special dance. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Japanese porn is so successful that they have numerous words that have entered the world lexicon, which I'm not going to say. That have come from Japan having to do with specific porn genres. God bless them. <laughs> I thought there was a shortage of men in the Japanese porn industry. <laughs> so, um, Detective Pikachu. I- I'm hearing early, cautiously optimistic things from people like Dodger, Maddie Myers, and so forth who are seeing it. Yeah, I mean, from what it seems to me... They look great. Ryan Reynolds is hilarious. How is this not entertaining? And I don't give two shits about Pikachu. I want to see this. I... I really feel like they're leaning heavily into the. You must have liked Pokemon at some point to enjoy yeah, this got movie. Ryan Reynolds. I could listen to Ryan Reynolds all day. You could well, have said I the same thing before Deadpool well, one. Like only the hardcore we'll comic to, book fans will like this. Yeah. See, but Marvel was tried and tested at that point. See, for a lot of people, that was a Marvel at the time. They, it was Fox. Yeah. A lot of people. It, Marvel had proven the superhero genre at that point for mainstream appeal. It's not the same company. I don't think the Marvel studios had proven the success of how popular the mainstream appeal for superhero movies could be. Is that a better statement for your Nazism to what I'm trying to say? Wow. Nazism. Um, as a Jewish person, I appreciate loose uh, throwing around Nazis. Uh, as to why, as a fellow Jewish person. Oh, yeah. Um, that's true. Um, even though you name your cats after Scandinavian gods, which I love. Um, uh, 
No, no. My point is specifically that because Fox was not at Disney, they could do a rated R movie that made fun of comic book movies in a very lewd and violent way, like Deadpool, which no one saw coming. You know, I mean, the fact that Deadpool happened before Logan is mind blowing. You would think you'd have to have a rated R Wolverine movie, everyone love it, and then say, okay, we'll try this Deadpool thing. Nope, Deadpool set up Logan in future rated R movies at Disney. They have to deal with it, and they just bought out Hulu, which I've been saying for like a year they're gonna do because they're gonna put all their rated r shit on hulu but whatever rick and morty season three anyway um pikachu pikachu yep i really feel like this is probably let's talk about not talk about a thing we haven't seen maybe we'll see it together it'll be fun hopefully i may just end up not going to see it and just wait i'll pay i'll I'll pay i'll pay for your ticket i'll pay for your ticket I got your anyway, coming. Okay. Um, um, okay. I got some topics. Hopefully, hopefully it's better than it, than yeah. some of the reviews are giving it. Yeah. So apparently, a game named Rage Two is a thing that I didn't know anything about till like three days ago. And to I'm gonna try and quote uh, Kirk Hamilton from the Kotaku Split Screen podcast, where he said, "Rage Two is a video game. It reminds me of Days Gone." which is also a video game only days gone is much longer <laughs> and that was pretty much all he had to say about it <laughs> that, that, that that's a fairly accurate two to three sentence synopsis of the video game even sam witwer by the way who motion captured and voiced deacon at days god he could barely do like three hours on his own channel of the game he knows it's not good so not good is not good is not the right statement it is a good quality video game just for 10 hours because yeah. after the 10 hour mark, you've done everything. Well, it's not fair much. because he's Darth Maul, you know, and so people just want him to play Battlefront and do, uh, you know, he'll, he'll have Morgan Freeman read like Emperor Palpatine lines and vice versa. You know what I mean? It's, it's great. I mean, here's the thing about Rage 2, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's made by id. So it's already got credit yay, there. John Romero, yay! It's, it, it, it is basically what if Doom was an open world. Mm-hmm. And that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Until you get to the point where you're like, wait, there's nothing in this open world because everything is tightly knit level design because that's what it is good at. So effectively, what it made was a sped run version of an open world game, meaning you kind of just go and do the objectives that they made for you, whether you intended to do the side stuff or not. And the side stuff is yeah. part of the objective. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of it, like kind of, yeah, it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's odd. The game has great atmosphere, great shooting mechanics, great combat mechanics overall. Is it first or third person? First, first. Okay. Great level progression system and a great idea. The problem is, the driving sucks. There's nothing to do in the open world. There's nothing to explore. It's just go from point A to point B. Other than a. Fallout, what's out there? First person shooter, open world, huge world. Are there even that many examples outside of the Bethesda games? I mean, you got to give them that if nothing else. Borderlands, right? especially Borderlands 3, which oh. is huge. Um, oh, that's interesting. I Okay. Doom 2016 is pretty big for a well-designed, tight-knitted level game, but it's definitely not it's open not world, world game. No. Um, so Borderlands Fallout, mm-hmm. <sighs> Cyberpunk when it comes out, 
Um, there's another game. It's I'm trying to think if it's off honestly the top though, dude. Head. To be real, Destiny. Okay. No, I'm going to bring up Destiny. We talk about WoW Classic in one sec, really quickly about Cyberpunk. I want it to be open, but I wouldn't mind a little bit of the dra- uh, Dragon Age slash um, uh, Deus Ex model of like you travel to some locations, which is a travel, and that location is huge, but it's like a big dungeon. Um, and in fact, you brought up having dungeons in Destiny recently, which I thought was very exciting. There's something about going to a location, knowing it's big, but once you get through it and get out, you're out of the dungeon, as opposed to just being another part of the open world. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Uh, I imagine they might. I mean, you've played some of the missions in The Witcher. Right? Where you explore some caves. There's, they're, they're, not, they're nothing compared to Skyrim or games like that. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It, it, it may just not be CD Projekt Red's forte, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, Bethesda's clearly very adept at making good dungeon structure because that fills up the 200 hours outside of the main campaign that you're supposed to play uh, in the world of Skyrim because it's literally just caves fucking everywhere. Um, so- and you explore, do something. <clears throat> um but CD Projekt Red, clearly from The Witcher 3, like yeah. you and I have played it, like caves, are, some caves and some, mostly some of the story missions that happen. No, no, no. I played caves. 200 hours and I'm here to tell you that, that, that the, the epic um, uh, Bethesda dungeon crawls or even going back to the RPGs I played in like the in 90s dungeon crawls are way bigger than any. Witcher dungeon crawls are always part of a mission and, and there's... Right. Even with portals and time travel, you know, you're not going through more than like four or five stages, none of which are that are that big. That's not what the game is about. Horizon doesn't even try it. I'm curious to see if either Horizon or Cyberpunk will try it. Um, Horizon 2 or Cyberpunk will try it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just not part of your game design. And it's it's clear that open worlds don't need them to thrive, right? Mm -hmm. Clearly by the fact that Horizon and Witcher are very popular. Yeah. So, I mean, something uh, that. On, on, on the flip side, you yeah. have Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which yeah, is that was literally <laughs> just all a giant open world. Yeah. yeah. So, but verticality, man. Verticality. I mean, that's something that Horizon and The Witcher share is that you can play 100 to 200 hours with very little up and down vertical stuff whatsoever. You know, that's how much content, whereas Zelda, the verticality of it was what was overwhelming, but also so, you know, um, uh, mind blowing, you know, how much, yeah, it's not just about a map, you know, a plane that you're crossing back and forth on, you know, weather conditions going up, falling down, you know, climbing, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I gave that, uh, just cause definitely I mean as much as it is like a just a mm-hmm. do random ass shit game for a sandbox fun it is a shooter and it is in a world mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna add um, you can debate this one Half-Life 2 mm-hmm. not Half-Life 1 but definitely Half-Life 2 in my opinion um at least, it, 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 at the very least, Half Life Two does a very good job of feeling open. Prey, I think, is supposed to be like that, right? I mean, 
Yeah, I played. I played like two hours of Prey. I don't think that's a game you can play two hours of. Yes and I'm no. not saying I would get through it, but I don't. Yeah, I got it for free. That's the only reason why I played it. Um. Okay. So I've uh, some more. Que- a couple more questions for you. Sure. So, well, classic in beta form. Uh, it's pretty much out there because anyone can get a Blizzard beta code at this point, pretty much. Right. Um, I in our pregame, I, I sort of mocked it as misguided nostalgia, and was like, "There's no way Destiny players would want a similar experience." And you were like, "Actually, some Destiny players want the same exact experience." So I'll let you talk about this. To me, this is more a solo a Star Wars story than Rogue One. Uh, if, if that makes sense in terms of handling nostalgia, but I could be wrong on that. So it, it all just depends, right? Right. For, for, now, I, let me preface this. I never played well. I never played well, ever, whether it be a current version or an older version. I never, I've never played well. Me neither. We're in the same boat. Um, I have played Warcraft 3, so I will say that. But... Um, as someone who experienced like the first destiny, there's the sentiment that the days were better and golden and there were things to do in destiny one. Like everything was a little bit better and there were more important things to do. If you went back to vanilla destiny one, um, to a certain extent, maybe, yeah, there are some, there's some truth to that, but there is also like, like, wow. The original wow was such a trendsetter for not only video games, especially MMOs, but video games in general and the community that that game fostered was massive and the stories that i hear from that game just sound so epic and fun and what it seems what 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 what's hard for people to grasp is it seems it's it's a video game right i can experience that in just some other video game i just gotta go go out there and do it right not really wow was it, it was such a product of its time because the things that we take for granted now, matchmaking systems uh, and other things, were replaced by LFGs, online LFGs that you had to find and go out and mm. go to an external site and mm-hmm. do that and group up and find each other. And the idea of playing on a server. It, back then, if you were on a server, you played on this one server that there was another 100 people and you knew everybody on your server. And it was personal, right? So it, 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 that, that experience with technology, whereas made gaming better, is just gone. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get that experience again. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're doing with WoW Classic, I think, is fantastic, great. But from what I understand, the, doing the cool shit, being the grandmaster PvP of the lobby – of the server and having that recognition and having that fame and valor that is only known amongst the other 99 people who are on your server. Sure. Right. Like that idea that like, isn't going to happen for these old folks. Or not, I, I want to say old folks. Uh, Cause the guy I watch who is telling me these stories is like 32. Right. Which is um, well younger than me. Thanks asshole. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he was. He, but but the, the, the story he tells is: I played. It's okay, I did. I, I I I had a job. I got ten grand for it, and I for a year I played World of Warcraft and ate Quiznos and pizza every day for a year off that ten thousand dollars. And sixteen hours a day, I would grind WoW. 
Like, like now that these people have families, now that these people have lives and jobs, hopefully, Let's hope. they aren't going to have, they, like, they, this isn't going to exist anymore. This idea that you could spend 16 hours a day grinding isn't going to happen anymore. Like, the, the, the original WoW was in such a state that you could not, and I'm being serious here, get to max level by completing all the quests, side quests included. You, you had to grind mobs to, like, like the South Park episode, you had to grind mobs to get the max level in original WoW. Like, that's not, this, this stuff, like, I, I fully respect Blizzard. For giving the people what they want, but I fully yeah. expect Wild Classic to be dead. Yeah, soon after its release. Unless <laughs> I'm totally wrong, and the Wild, the Wild, the Wild community just goes back to Wild Classic and wants to restart its Wild journey. And instead, what they'll do is they'll just re-release Wow and make people rebuy it over the years. That would be hilarious. That's totally something Activision would do. Um, sorry, Activision Blizzard would do. Um, but it it. it I, I hate to be the burst of people's bubbles, but I just I just don't see it existing for longer than a month, two months, three months, a year. Mm. I just don't see it happening. I'll eat my words if it's wrong. I'll absolutely eat my words. So yeah, man. I, but I, I honestly, I mean, again, me having played almost no WoW, I have played eight hours of original OG Destiny and, and you know, 40 hours of, of what they have now. Um you know you you questioned whether there might be a memory gap and what i remember about the game i'm pretty sure being someone who's been playing shooters since before you were born i remember pretty clearly that this version of destiny 2 forsaken is much better than the original destiny but that being said in either case you're still a shooter and you're a looter in warcraft it's all about the community experience anyways right so who fucking cares which version and you know, one thing which we're not going to have time to talk about here is the way in which Destiny players interact, even if they're not on headsets and talking with each other, you know, just through community events and stuff like that, I think is so interesting. As someone who is really no interesting in, in, interest in joining like a community thing anytime soon with Destiny and just doing my thing, I kind of appreciate it. It's hard to do that with with wow and ethan let's be honest man like you can play wow classic but it's not going to make it any more likely or less likely that you'll find people to guild up with right i mean come on yeah or is there is there that that, that sense of community is what drove wow it's what drove wow to be the most popular game in the world at one point it's what drove WoW to be the most popular, argu- arguably the most popular game of all time. You, you, someone can make a very strong argument for that. Um, so it, it's it's what it's what made WoW it is today. It's what has inspired every MMO since. So it, 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 I just when you when the when I can play Witcher two hundred hours, two Horizon campaigns, one twenty each. Um, if Mass Effect Andromeda had been a little bit better and my Sony hadn't crashed, that would have been 100 hours. Like I, With RPGs, whether they're action RPGs or more straight RPGs like Final Fantasy, like it just makes more sense in a single-player context, whereas like Destiny would never be possible, you know? Um, again, it helps that Destiny's shooting mechanics are spectacular, but, you know... 
it, it, they're so spectacular and the world building is so great, at least on the surface, to the point where I play Modern Warfare and I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. This is this is yesterday's news. I, I've been through this before. Um, whereas RPGs for me, the with great storytelling, you can only invest, you know, in extended single player campaigns. In my opinion, and, and let's uh, on your side, Persona Five, Zelda, Xenoblade Chronicles, right? I mean, th- w- there's no end of these great long narrative based single player RPG games um, right so which to me is why wow was never interesting yeah and 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 to me like gaming I, I've it, there are so many like just as many just as there are so many moments where I've cried or felt a great emotional very emotional about moments in single player games right mm-hmm there are just as many moments I have uh, playing with other people, feeling like feeling great, um, and having very emotional moments with other people about things happening in games or playing games together or whatever. Um, and there, there are just the, the, the two are the two are different, and so you can't get the same thing out of one or the other. There is not a single player game that has made me feel the same thing I have felt. Uh, while playing multiplayer game, there's not a multiplayer game that's made me feel the same thing that I have felt during a single player game, at least not to the same effect, right? No, it feels alive. Um, it feels alive, in, in a way I never right. thought it could. Even as someone who's been mostly doing single player, I'm, though, though, dude, I did a ton of community stuff, which is why I got all the gear that I have. I was doing so much fucking community stuff, and then when I leveled up and got to a new planet, I do it there on a harder level. Who cares if I got killed ten times, you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, it does feel alive in a way I, I, I didn't think possible, I guess. Yeah, it, 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 and, and that's one of the things I've always it's loved It's being about. Destiny 2, excuse me. That's one of the things I've always loved about MMOs is just the feeling of some random blueberry. That's that's the term we come up for with people who are not in your group because they have a blue name tag. Mm. Uh, and that's actually fairly common in a lot of games is their name tags are blue. Uh, some of those are white and whatnot, but in, in Destiny, they're blue. And so just for a random blueberry to show up and be like, not say anything, not emote, not do nothing, just help me out. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, thanks. It's great. I love shooting this baddie with you. Let's get some loot together. Like, it's a very different, uh, you would, you will never, especially since AI, AI NPCs in video games are just so dumb. <laughs> like, that it really hammers in that point where it's like, oh yeah, like I don't I don't feel alone because there is another competent person with me fighting off this thing rather yes. than something that isn't actually hitting the opponent with its sword. Right. Like, <laughs> but here's- uh, any, anybody who's ever experienced dumb NPC combat understands yeah. what we're talking about. Right. But that. But dude, again, I, I want to praise Destiny. Uh, or again, the current version of Destiny 2, Forsaken, in that the big jump in Doom, the original Doom from Wolfenstein, was not just how spectacular it looked and bloody with the, you know, first time they had dynamic lighting, all that stuff. Like, that's all true. But even though the AI wasn't smart, they programmed a ton of different options for what the AI would do 
do, especially in large numbers. And that made it endlessly interesting to mow them all down. And Destiny does that, man. I mean, this is the central mechanic or one of the central mechanics that Schreier and Kirk Hamilton on, on, on Kotaku always talk about. It's not just about getting slightly better guns, slightly better armor. It's how they keep drawing you in to side missions and community things and whatever, you know what I mean? Like just to do it because it is like a living world. And and that to me is the most impressive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know there's a new season coming out season seven. Any thoughts about that? I'm still not really sure what those are about. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Um, if we were if we ever did like a Destiny related thing, I'd be more interested in going in depth with it, just because there's a lot of jargon that people who don't play Destiny wouldn't understand. I don't. Uh, I, it's not a very good listen for people who don't. Well, also mixed um, with Kirk and Schreier commenting, not really complaining, but just sort of commenting on new ways of modifying guns that kind of nerf them a little bit. I don't know. Maybe this isn't worth talking yeah, it, about. It, 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 it's really not. But the, the gist okay. of it is, they're okay. trying. They're trying to change the game and change the balance of the game. Okay. That, that, that happens all the time in yeah. live service games. Okay. Um, so my last two topics are Borderlands 3 and No Man's Sky. Wh- which way do you want to go first? Let's go with No Man's Sky first. Okay. So, Actually, let's do Borderlands 3. Let's do Borderlands 3. No, let's do No Man's Sky. Because right. it got me going. So I was dead wrong on No Man's Sky. But how can you blame me? <laughs> Everyone felt dubbed wrong on No Man's Sky when it first came out. Right. But they keep free DLC patching everything and adding more and more and more content. I don't know where this money is coming from, by the way, Ethan. I mean, they all, must- there's all the sales they made on day one. And their exclusivity with Sony. I, I, I suppose so. Um, but as uh, by the time I got it for 20 bucks or whatever with all the patches on the PlayStation, it, there was zero bugs or problems, but it was still me like drilling mining resources while jumping, taking short jumps around these planets. Mm-hmm. And it felt like a very advanced, well-executed walking simulator in space, essentially. But you add VR, which is supposedly coming, and now all of a sudden you're Matt Damon in The Martian, and I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so with you think the next they can, update, you think they can really nail out. it? Especially with Sony's uh, relatively successful uh, PlayStation VR? Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. So there's a couple things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So first is they've changed their graphics engine from uh not engine uh their um their graphics driver from uh from a from a different from from something older to something newer something called vulcan and vulcan is very good first of all on amd systems which both the ps4 and the xbox one run on but b they are it's very good at running um, games with lower processor powers mm. and making the game still run exceptionally well and pow- and fluid. Um, Vulcan Vulcan is used. Uh, fun fact to so that, that's one of the reasons why Doom twenty sixteen runs really well on less powerful systems because you run the Doom Vulcan version right. and you have a much more fluid experience and won't look graphically or 
uh, frame-wise as impressive as the standard version, but it, it still looks really good. Um, and so hmm. they're changing, they, they change that, and so the performance, even on PC, is just, oh my god, it's so much better than it was before. I have a much better frame rates, I have much better graphical fidelity, it's great. Um, so far. Um, now, that, that that's just for VR. Uh, Vulcan's also very good for VR work, from what I understand. Hmm. Um, so, those are all positive, good changes. On top of that, mm-hmm. so the No Man's Sky next update was what it, the, the, the term was next. Um, came out, what was it, last summer? Or at the end of last summer? Um, and that was the big update that like made the game good again. Back when, remember, remember that update when we were talking about it and we were like, oh my god, No Man's Sky's good again. Da, 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 da. Um, and I then, never expected and, and to so, get good. I, I'm not even going to try and like uh, we, 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 cushion we the blow of my, my wrongness. But again, unlike Sea of Thieves and some games like that, which I just didn't give a chance, all the signs were there for this No Man's Sky project to completely fail. The fact they've recovered and then some is an absolute miracle and God bless yeah. them. But and no one, even insiders, especially insiders, could not have predicted this would happen. I wouldn't think, but maybe not. It, it it was hard to tell. You'd have to have a lot of faith in the game in the game and the people working on it. Which, to be fair, their their the face of their studio was a big liar and has vowed to yeah. has has vowed and thus far kept up on his promise to not lie and not embellish what his game is and what their game is. And they're doing a great job of it so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Beyond update which is the update that is coming out sometime, summer, end of summer, whatever, is the scope of the next update. Um, Meaning it's a big overhaul update that's going to add some massive features to the game. And if they keep Hmm. doing this every year, like this game's going to be great for years to come. So what is it? Um, It's not exactly a live service game, but it's, it's like nothing we've ever seen. It's just it's just an open world exploration game that you can play with your friends in the biggest video game ever created. Is it like the uh, alternate universe Borderlands in a way, like <sighs> without the violence no, but with all the mining and resource gathering instead? I don't know. It's it's just, it's just a survival Minecraft esque game, but the scope mm. is the universe rather yeah. than a. It's it's a procedurally generated universe, right? A. Li- more and it's the most realistic um it's the most popular most realistic of a genre mm-hmm. uh there are some way more realistic versions of games like no man's sky uh ftl i think is pretty pretty you know popular what, i mean you know what game i think is games are closest to no man's sky stars no no other way animal crossing um Minecraft. Uh, Minecraft. What, what's oh, fuck? What's the name of the other? Um, Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. Those. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cultivating, gathering resources, making your little thing. Blah 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 blah. Terraria. Exactly. I think those are yep. actually the genres that it's drawing from, it's which the, is great. The, which is great. It's not my thing, uh, or The Sims. You know, and another direction, like not my thing, but it's interesting. I appreciate it. Yep. 
it, it's it, it, it's one of the most relaxing experiences it's very relaxing and in vr it would be fantastic i think i i, I hope I, I hope it is i really hope it is, hope it is. um Listen, they, they just keep – if this update's good, they, they, they've got they've got nothing to worry about. They can work on this game as long as they want and just keep making it better and props to them, right? Like mm-hmm. for an indie studio, like, like there is – this is probably – their story is probably one of the best stories I've heard in gaming in a very long time. Um, just, yeah. just, just, because, just because their game was a failure and they chose not – instead of walking away with millions, each of them, they would have had millions, each of them. They chose to stay and fix their project because they love their project, and they made it a good Here's game. The problem. Here's the problem. It's like the liar who gets rich and famous, and everyone wants to be them. That's. I'm not just even saying for kids. Anybody saying, "Oh, well, if we lie to the public temporarily, so we suck them in, and then give us enough time and money to finish the product," that nah, makes me really nervous. But I, I don't yeah. know. And the industry as a whole is unfortunately following that trend. Um, I don't think we're going to have time to talk about the EA statement, but well, right. But the the difference is kind of and- Destiny and Sea of Thieves didn't release with like tons of lacking features that they promised. They were just very uh, vague. They were just original Destiny, yeah. vanilla Destiny, and and Sea of Thieves were just very vague on what would be included, but they weren't, you know, talking about stuff that would come in like the year three update of uh, of you know uh, whatever destiny De- destiny probably more towards that see if thieves definitely not like see, see if Thieves was very clear it was like it's a sandbox game you're a pirate you can do these things all right but people who've played in a sandbox as a kid if you don't have other toys to play with then it's no fun it's just a bunch of sand <laughs> right right <laughs> <laughs> they um, were literal in Sea of Thieves. They're like, yeah, you're on beaches in the Caribbean. You're just literally in a sandbox. <laughs> exactly. It's so exactly. Uh, we got to get the pirate game we deserve. Someone will make the actual Uncharted Tomb Raider style pirate game eventually, and it'll be glorious. Um, Skull Bones? There's actually way more cool uh, board games, like epic board games with pirates, than video games. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, dude, I've got one final topic, which is Borderlands 3, and then you can feel free to add anything. So, Borderlands 3, we've talked about it, off up mic, on mic, we've read about it, we've heard about it. So, explain to me how a talented group of programmers and designers will overcome douchebag uh, McRandy at the lead of this whole thing. Because at least this douchebag is actually interested in <laughs> seeing this game be good and released. I can tell you that he may be a douchebag, and he may be he may be like Elon is. Musk. Is he the Elon Musk yeah. of looter shooters? <laughs> he's the he's in that sense, yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, you can see, it's hard to tell with Elon this guy. Musk. So 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 it's hard to tell with this guy, right? Like his actions and his statements, like like it's hard to tell if he's a con man and he's actually an asshole or if it's it's hard to tell if he's just like doing his job and he happens to be an executive like like it's hard at least from my perspective but here's the thing i mean dude right? electronic arts was founded by trip hawkins who we know is a douchebag scam artist from at least the early 90s starting EA. Go right ahead. but at least, at least here's the thing like at least this douchebag is giving us the product we want. Unlike <laughs> yeah. the other douchebags who just tell us to buy their product and they pretend like it's what we want. Yep. 
And <laughs> and to be honest with you, people aren't buying this because of Anthony Birch's pithy, sarcastic dialogue. They're buying it for tons of guns and personality and characters. And I told you off air, man. Replayability. The, oh my this God. game is going to sell a ton of copies and compete for game of the year as long as it is not buggy as shit day one. If it is buggy as shit day one with all the people who are pre-ordering it, they will have a major problem and they will deserve to. I'm hoping for the sake of all video games and video gamers, it is not buggy day one. The, the, they are so confident about this game. Like, 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 I have not seen confidence in this Anthem game. Anthem level confidence, about, about, would you say? <laughs> no, they were very shaky. <laughs> the, the same type of confidence I saw coming out of Overwatch when that was coming out. There was so much confidence coming out of them. Whew. Like, they, they were like, this is it. This is the game. The internet agreed. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was game of the year. Just. It, it released that it was game of the year. Um, like, like they are so confident in this game. So, for example, in two, in Borderlands One and Borderlands Two, in both of their trailers, they both boast having over a gazillion guns. Now, you will notice that a gazillion is a made-up number. In Borderlands Three, they pronounce that they have over a billion guns. The first time they've used an actual real number to market the amount of guns they have in a game. This tells me that there actually is a billion guns in Borderlands 3. That's the type of thing Gearbox would pull off, mm-hmm. and I fully believe it. I fully believe there are a billion guns in Borderlands 3. Mm-hmm. I, I, even if this game is not contested just, for Game of the Year, yeah. it's not said to be Game of the Year, mm-hmm. this game is going to sell well, it's going to release well, like... like I'm 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 ready to bet like I'm I'm ready to bet my firstborn child on like this game being phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't felt this confident about a yeah. game since. Ooh, uh, what was a really good game that I was confident was going to be perfect when it came out? Wargroove, which also came out this year, which I can say is very fun. I love it. Um, yeah. I just yeah. I'm good. Yep, good. I, I just want to point out right now. Uh, so what you're talking about? Uh, the official Dungeons and Dragons channel is broadcasting like their main RPG program, which is pales in comparison to Critical Role, but has a few members of Critical Role in there. Of course, they need the personality. Has about eleven and a half thousand people, which is really good for like your main Friday night. You know, Dungeons and Dragons. But Geek and Sundry, which broadcasts Critical Role, is just showing like random Overwatch clips and has almost four thousand people watching. <laughs> it's all about outlet, Ethan. It's all about the outlet. It's all about who's you know tastemakers, <clears throat> all, all that, all that crazy nonsense. What do you make of this? Can I ask you this, dude, really quickly? What do you make of? Dungeons and Dragons making this massive resurgence online, especially on Twitch, uh, Critical World, but also, you know, elsewhere. It's not a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's not a surprise it, to you, but is it surprising at all that so many other people would be into it? Or maybe is this is goes back to no. the very beginning of this podcast where you talked about subcultures. No, I, I think I think gaming in general is going through a renaissance. Mm. Almost, um, the AAA industry is rapidly changing. 
it hasn't changed like this in years. Um, just on just on the backlash and everything and how right. that that's going on. But then you also have like the evolution of what it meant. It, so it you have indie developers starting out and going back to the basics of pixel pixel gaming and two D gaming and making their creations with the modern technology, but on an indie team. And then you also have uh, you also have other forms of games just just being wildly popular um, that only like that 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 not these big corporations could create, but with older with older styles. Um, uh, Papers Please is a huge example. Oh yeah, uh, I, I know you love Papers Please. Well, I, Papers, I, please I haven't too. had a chance to play it because I that was like going to be my tied over game on the PC, but now I got my Mac back, so I'm going to put it on the Mac and do it on this yeah. on this. Yeah, such a good game. Um, I love that kind of stuff. Ju- I grew ju- up on ju- that stuff. Ju- just an example of that. I play a game in my Discord group. It's called Waifu Wars. Okay, <laughs> the goal of the game is to Claim all the waifus that you want, or husbandos, and make them part of your harem. And the goal is to get the popular ones, so that nice save you, with the husbandos. So, 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 so you steal your friends. So, so you steal them from your friends, and your friends get pissed off. That's the whole point of the game. And you can claim once per hour, and you can roll the dice thirteen times per hour to try to roll one that you want to pick up. Right. That's the whole game. But it's done in a text-based format. When was the last... Can, can, do you remember the... In... in um, uh, not Console Wars. Um, Masters of uh, Doom. In, Mas- in Masters of Doom. Yeah. When Romero would go to the college mm-hmm. and they would talk about, they would talk about the text-based games yep. that were being made there. Yep. We're, I like, played those. Yep. Who would have thought... Yep. That I would be paying ten dollars a month mm-hmm. to have access to a text-based video game, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like we are seeing gaming go through a wild change, a wild change. Yeah, it, the the, medi- the the mediums are changing because, and this is actually fairly common in art, where you have you have older styles come to the forefront again. After they've become depopularized every right. two hundred years or so, right. and modernized in their own way. Totally. Uh, not to say that modernism. I think this is related part. to the podcast thing, man. People are yeah. overloaded with sensory uh, ping- pings, for lack of a better term. You know, we're getting constantly pinged with sensory overload. And so podcasts and text-based games, or at least, you know, 8-bit games, all of a sudden aren't just quaint and nostalgic, but, like, the relaxation we need. Um, Right. Which is why, I, you know, again, I find myself playing Chrono Trigger or Dragon Quest on the DS as much as anything else, just for that exact relaxation. And when I eventually get the Switch and there's enough games along those lines that I love... I am Satsuna and so forth. Yeah, I, right. I, I, I was I just going to mention I am Satsuna. Yeah, like a lot of people give I am Satsuna shit for being literally a carbon copy of Chrono Trigger, right? It's Where a they, far inferior version, but it looks really pretty and it's a lot of fun. Right, exactly. That's just that. That's just a redefinition of yeah. of, of of the of the creation it's of Chrono Trigger. Switch game. Octopath Traveler. Yeah. Octopath Traveler yeah. screams that idea yeah. because it's literally it's literally a a a enhanced version of 2D 
mixed with yeah. the arguably terrible game design of Final Fantasy 3 telling you to grind for 90 hours to get your characters to level 70 and then beat the game yeah. with an okay story, right? So, like, like That's why Chrono Trigger is so brilliant, because it, it, you could always over-level in that game if you want, but you still have to figure out all the puzzles to get to the next place. It's not just about grinding is the point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why the great Zelda games are great because it's not just about grinding. But but that's the artistic direction and the motif that is taken with these things. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it's it's just a, it's just a, it's so different and yet so similar at the same time. Yeah. I mean, this is exactly why I love the life is strange games because while they are narratively mature on a lot of levels, the point and click aspect of it and spending most of the time just inspecting the world around you and reading stuff and looking at stuff, it goes back to the early eighties in games. And I love that stuff. Um, and you sort of teased it earlier with Warcraft three, but like, I hope they just do a straight Warcraft three with upgraded graphics and don't try and jank with it. Cause it was, it was so ahead of its time. It's also like a perfect blend of, of RTS and RPG. I think people would love, I would make so many Warcraft three levels. Mm-hmm. If I had access to it, it was just brand new and great. Like, there, there are some games that just you, you get the remaster and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, this was needed. This was fantastic. Um, and then there are other remakes that are just like, I don't know if this was better because they changed the game design to it. They didn't upgrade the graphics. They just changed the game design. And sometimes you get an upgrade where it's like, uh, these graphics don't really look any better it's just hd i don't know why i'm playing this i'd rather play with my ps2 controller which is the fatal flaw of starcraft 2 i mean the fatal flaw of starcraft 2 is that the narrative campaign is not nearly as good as the original ones but the real fatal flaw of starcraft 2 is that it was like okay more better multiple levels you can select more units bigger explosion do you know what i mean like rather than really changing the game of, of of rts games the way they did with the initial starcraft so they perfected the starcraft formula of real-time strategy without really innovating and now it's a dead genre right i mean am i missing something other than uh you know kingdom rush on your phone uh, there's a game I forget the name. Of I mean, it, people yeah, are like, downloading yeah. Age of Empires to HD. They're so desperate. Or Rise of Nations. I mean, yeah. it was a genre no one ever really could master. There was some great Warcraft games. There was some a great Starcraft game. There was some great Age of Empire games, and that was pretty much it. People are yeah, playing it's... Stellaris or fucking Civ. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's it's it, it is a niche that needs to be filled. Mm-hmm. Well, Someone and th- th- yeah. that's one of the interesting thing about games. Yeah, go right is you have uh you have a game that fills a genre and people will play it no matter how popular it is. Right, right, like that's crazy to me. That someone would it, it, that just goes to show you how many people are into gaming now. That I want to play. Age of Empires 2 HD because it's even though it's old and nowhere near as good as it could be, 
with modern game design, but it is the best thing of it. It's best in class. Like that, that to me just spells like how far gaming has come. Yeah. But I look at blizzard. I also see how far gaming has fallen and well, I don't think blizzard will be completely annihilated being relegated to sort of second class multiplayer with Starcraft and fucking Overwatch um, for this once glorious empire is sort of sad for me to say. Even if Warcraft 3 is great, even if Overwatch gets better and blah, 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 it's clearly not what it once was. And that's that's a little sad. Yeah. Don't you all have phones? <laughs> Dude, the problem is Apple and cracking down on on uh, free quote unquote apps, and especially free to play games. There's like no games left. <laughs> they were all free to play games, and they yeah, eliminated all Apple's of them. Well, but but what's left is board game translations, like you know, Pandemic and San Juan and Star Elves, which is great. You pay four dollars and get like the full board game on your phone, which normally costs like fifty dollars. You know what I By mean? By the way, I know. I know you hate Catan, but how do you feel about Catan like, like paving Catan. the way for board games on the Switch? I don't like Catan. I thought you hated Catan. I don't know why. I just thought of the original... So the original four of the Euro games is Catan, Alhambra, uh, Carcassonne, and... I'm forgetting one. It's the one I like the least. The problem with Catan, you need to play with people you've played with and know, so you actually do trading because you can go through entire games of Catan with no trading, and then it's no trading. It's not very fun. That's that's my main. By the way, problem. by the way, I find Catan boring and monotonous. So yeah, and it's, it, there's a lot of expansions and different versions that are more fun. But I I will not play a solo ever. Um, and how do you feel about Munchkin being on the Switch? I hate Munchkin. Munchkin sucks. I love Munchkin. The, the the really popular games always suck, like Munchkin, the code name. It's D in an hour. Yeah, it's no Munchkin's mean and stupid. It turns away more people from the board gaming, honestly, uh, than than brings to them. Um, at least code names gets people involved. We need to get you tabletop simulator. I had tabletop simulator. But the good news is, okay. you go to Target now. They've got like Pandemic. They've got Azul. They've got Splendor. They've got Jaipur. I mean, they've got some of like the best, uh, but most accessible games like onboardgaming.com in the top 100. You can get at like actual stores now, which is fantastic. So, you know, if you want to get Catan or Munchkin, because those are the big names, go for it. But you're missing out on like some actually better games for two, three, or four players, in my opinion. Small world. Seven Wonders. There's a ton of them. A ton. Don't get me started on board games. Bloodborne, the board game? I'm excited about Bloodborne, the board game. I've actually heard Bloodborne, the card game, is quite good, but I'm hearing even better things in the development of Bloodborne. Gwent. What's that? Gwent. I never played one game of Gwent in 200 hours. No, that's not true. I got forced into it in The Witcher like twice or three times. I never voluntarily played Gwent in 200 hours. They made it to a real card game. I they know they did. I want, I want nothing to do with it. I'm like, I don't, I'm not playing a Witcher to play the Witcher version of Hearthstone. Fuck you. <laughs> it's actually way different than like Magic. And I know. So. I just principle wise. I'm not into mini games. I'm not a mini game guy. I'm not a mini like in Uncharted four. When you get to play Crash Bandicoot with your daughter, like I'm like, okay, I get this. Blah, blah, blah. Crash Bandicoot. Great. Let's move on to the next Uncharted mission. <laughs> 
Spoiler alert. I think, uh, what's it called? Uh, I like Gwent a lot. I actually think yeah, Gwent has a cool. great like, background idea behind yeah. it. Jesse Cox but is a no major uh, partisan and patron of Gwent. He was... He did voices in Witcher. He knows those guys. He loved Gwen. He was definitely beating the drum for Gwent games. He was thrilled when it actually came out. <laughs> sure, why not? Witcher's great, man. Dude, I'm still listening to the audiobooks. They just it's, it just keeps on giving. The storytelling is amazing. Forget the video game. The storytelling is spectacular. So Too bad the author's an asshole. <sighs> hey, what's up? Too bad the author is an asshole. Uh, well, yeah, yeah well, whatever. If you said at, least the, the, Metro, you, at you, least the Metro author gives a shit. The what author? The Metro author. What me- Metro? The guy who writes Metro. I know this. Do you know the Metro video game? The Polish guy, for what he is, in what, just what he puts on the page, forget about himself and his life. What he puts on the page is an unbelievably radical feminist work in which the women are all the best and all the most capable, and the men are a bunch of dummies, just barely, including Geralt, your hero, just barely trying to keep up with Yennefer and Siri. The Messiah is a woman for once, the motherly figure of Yennefer. It's so progressive. I, you can uh, I, Maybe the guy's an Asshole, but you actually read it. I've read you know thousands of pages of Witcher. It's extremely progressive compared to Lord of the Rings and especially Game of Thrones, which treats its women like absolute shit. Um, I promise I wouldn't go here, Bizzle. Don't go to Game of Thrones. Don't go there. Don't go there. He but. claimed the Witcher games ruined his books. Well, yeah, but but Alan Moore claimed that about the Watchmen v for Vendetta and every Alan Moore graphic novel. He says that. Uh, you know, they all say that. The only one who, who who was all about it was Stan Lee, but that's because Stan Lee was the one who was shopping it to the movies in the first place, and he made all the money and got all the guest appearances. So, you know, I mean, they they always say that. Um, whatever. You I'm reading the books, though. Games. I'm just talking about the books. I'm not talking about the game. Yeah. I'm literally talking to you about yeah. his books. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do we want to talk about Endgame at all? Since we haven't talked about it on the podcast, or are we past that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's end. Let's end there. That's a great place to end. What, what are your thoughts on on Avengers Endgame and just the whole MCU at this point? After watching it twice, I've seen it twice in theater. Me too. Um, after watching it twice, um, and with the addition of the crying baby in the room in front of me, um. And after listening to a bunch of reviews and just getting a bunch of viewpoints on it, I wanted to give Avengers Endgame like a 7 out of 10. Wow. And then I was like, no, fuck <laughs> those people. It's a 9 out of 10. Yeah, it's a 9 out of 10. <laughs> like, it's an 8.75. I give it 8.75. Yeah. There are things I'm disappointed with. I'm not. Or, or, or rather, I, I listen to the things that people are disappointed with, and then I say, "Yeah, but no." Yeah. Like to me, like they 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 ended storylines, and it, it, so, so the most common complaint I get is there wasn't enough death. There wasn't enough people who died during that. Fight. I certainly agree with this complaint because Star Wars kills good guys and bad guys left and right, and Marvel never kills anybody. <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's my statement to this. If you wanted destruction, 
I, I, I feel I feel like they they added destruction and and the idea of death and um and what it means for all of these characters regardless of how many characters died. Each of these characters and all of their storylines has to go through some event or some shit because of just even three characters dying, right? Mm. All of these characters now have to deal with the events of just three, two characters dying and one character, sorry, spoilers, two characters dying and one character being old. Like, all of these characters have to go through a challenge now because of these events. And that's why I'm okay with the fact that not everybody died. Yeah. (sighs) And if they, if they aren't going through hardship, they also experience pain and there is more pain on screen, by the way, than just characters dying. Hulk is a great example of that. Hulk character, not only is Hulk's character quote unquote done, Mm -hmm. but he also lost an arm. He sacrificed an arm to the gauntlet. His arms all fucked up. So Hulk made sacrifice. Vision's not coming back as far as we're aware. Um, yeah, sorry, by the way, no one's talking about the Scarlet Witch lost her brother in Ultron and her lover. Brother? It, it, I said this. I yeah, her this brother and her lover. But you know what? She's getting her own TV show, and it's going to be the show that connects the X-Men with the Avengers. So I'm cool with it. I'm going to take it a step further. You ready? She not only lost her brother, she lost her lover. But because of the events of the Sokovia Accords, she and she feels responsible for the events of that. Yeah, that was all bullshit. She, and the biggest problem of Civil War is that whole right. the Accords thing, the, blaming them for everything with the aliens. It made no sense. It, I, I don't it, understand people who finish. hold up Captain America Civil War to be the best. I love Cap, but that's my least favorite of the Captain America movies because it, logically the whole setup. She saves all of Lagos by throwing the thing into the apartment building and she gets blamed for killing a few people for saving like a million with a biological weapon. It makes zero sense. Anyway, besides that contingency. So she uh, feels responsible for that in the storyline. Yeah. So she's dealing with that on top of that, and she has to find her way through the yes, world. Yes, but the Russo brothers it. did a nice job, sorry, of r- realizing that she needed something more substantial to care about and to lose. That would be the vision. Even though, if you listen to my podcast from 2015 with Age of Ultron, I predicted that she would be heartbroken and destroyed inside with the death of the vision and the mind gem four years before it happened. But if you know your comics, everyone could see that coming. Yeah. Hey, hey, but, but point being point point I'm trying to make is she has to deal with what she has to do with the world now to make sure she is safe, but other people are safe, and also the death of the people she loved, mm-hmm. and that sets up for a great show. I mean, she great has a, show. she has a character that devastation is yeah. there. The death is there. You got to remember it's death from Infinity War and it's death from Endgame. They're gonna death. wreck on it, dude. Account. She's going to end up being daughter of Magneto, like in the comics. I, I guarantee they're going to retcon it. They're going to be like, oh, they were orphaned at birth, and then Hydra experimented on them, but they were already mutants. This is going to be the bridge because the Scarlet Witch in the mid-2000s literally goes crazy and kills almost all the mutants in her craziness, it, setting on the path leading to hope uh, uh, <laughs> and Cable and everything. We saw Deadpool 2. Like, it's literally yeah. all connected through... 
the mythology of the Scarlet Witch going crazy, but first we have to see her go through the journey. So yes, I am thrilled. And yeah. the fact that in both viewings, when the, the the portals open from Doctor Strange and she's the first one through flying with red energy rage flowing all around her, like in both people were like cheering like crazy. I was like, yeah, that's right, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have. You, you you have the birth of the um uh uh Iron Patriot and Captain Marvel storyline and obviously the all of Captain Marvel storyline. That's right, people have, in the comics they're together. Yep. You have um you have the birth of Falcon becoming Captain America and what that means and that the symbol that he has to become. I think my you prediction have. is the, the Bucky... And losing his mentor and his friend. Yeah, my, my prediction is the Bucky-Sam show is actually going to be Sam not wanting to take up the mantle and Bucky having to constantly encourage him to take it and be like, I can't do it, man. Like, you're the guy. You know, like, I'm damaged. I'm on the good guy side now. You know, I'm not the Winter Soldier anymore, but you're Captain America, Sam. I think that's the, that Buddy story is going to be great. It's going to be funny and touching and a lot of bromance and people are going to love it, I think. Right. You have you have Asgard dealing with the fact that Valkyrie is their new leader, which she has uh, been for a while. Tessa Thompson, yeah, but but that that's still got to be a shock that the, yeah. the gods are no longer part of the as the Asgardians' life. You have Thor going off with the Guardians and uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, them searching for Gamora, and it's not the same Gamora. It's do it's pre it's past Gamora who has never experienced or been on the team with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I never wanted them to get together in the first place. So I'm hoping they use this opportunity to be friends and not get together. I hate the Peter Quill Gamora quote unquote love story. I never bought it. So you got all of that. And so regardless of, regardless of the fact there's only three casualties quote unquote with this movie, you have devastation everywhere because of the events. Um, so it, 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 it really it, like, like yeah it's devastation but again you never see death on either side you don't even get a good look of what the aliens look like and then they turn to ash so in avengers one the jatari are robots apparently and just shut down the only avengers movie where they actually have to kill all the bad guys is ultron which is part of the many reasons i love ultron is they have to individually kill all the robots because they all have the seed of ultron's ai inside of them they can't let even the one robot get off of sokovia but then in avengers three and four it's back to ashification of the good guys and then ashification of the bad guys i you know i the movies are so good and the characters are so great. I don't care, but I'm not letting Marvel get away with this because Star Wars kills good guys and bad guys all the time in the movies and all the media. It's much more realistic portrayal of violence, but whatever. And But, but here's the other thing. You're never going to get a Marvel Rogue One been- is what I'm saying. You're never going to get a Marvel Rogue One. It's never going to happen. Maybe. Maybe for a different cast. Not a PG-13. Not a PG-13. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. With the the, the cinematic that the Russo brothers were trying to tell, and I imagine if they were trying to tell if Disney would allow them, was a more violent one, they probably would have told it. But the the, the statement that they were trying to portray with the the cinema was your, your superheroes standing large together to take down the threat, and then they, yeah. they succeed, right? No, I mean, dude, I, I'm not blaming the Russos, who, by the way, if Joss Whedon wasn't going to direct three and four, 
I'm glad it was the Russos because Winter Soldier is my other favorite movie with the other Avengers movies. So, you know, I, I'm not complaining. And this is how it is in the comic books. The stakes always seem super high and there's lots of explosions and seeming destruction. But even like on um, the original uh, that the Civil War comic is based you know, you think in the comics, you say, oh, the mutants went kind of crazy and blew up a city of like a million people. Nope, they killed like a hundred people and that leads to civil war. Like, it's just, that's, and dude, you go back to the original Star Wars, 1977, Luke's family slaughtered. You see their dead bones in the PG movie, 1977. You see Luke's family slaughtered. You see Obi-Wan get killed straight up by Darth Vader. I mean, you know, you see Alderaan blown up. It's just different. I mean, Star Wars, even though it's sci-fi fantasy in a galaxy far, far away, is actually way more in touch with the real world issues than Marvel, which is just pure escapism and and character studies, which I'm fine with because the character studies part has been awesome. I never thought I'd love a character like Captain America. As a guy who read Iron Man growing up, I never saw him leading a franchise in this way. I was thrilled with Robert Downey Jr. across the board Thor. By the way, Heath, uh, I, I, I can't reveal too many sources. I will say it's pretty much a lock that Thor is at least going to be in Guardians and a Thor 4 movie. Like It, it seems like Disney has him locked up and they're not announcing it yet from what I'm hearing. So I think getting all of what we want with Thor is very much on the table, which I think they need. They need one character to carry over right from this first three phases, I think, into phase four with some of the other fans. Maybe. Uh, but yes, I want to see a Valkyrie. I want to see the Revengers from Thor Ragnarok. I want to see Thor, Hulk, uh, you know, um, the alien guys, the Taika Waititi alien guys, uh, Tessa Thompson, Meek, Corgan Meek, Corgan Meek, yeah, playing Fortnite, the Revengers, yeah, go after Jeff Goldblum and those psychopaths. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, playing so, Fortnite, Thor yelling at yeah. children on the internet. Well, that was, dude, you know, my, rip their arms off and put them up their butt. Yeah. yeah. So look, I, I initially gave Infinity War an eight and a half, and I've since bumped it up to like a nine, nine point two five. So I'm not even going to play run around with Endgame. the The task they had in front of them was so immense. I'm going to give them an eight point seven five, even though it's too long and too bloated, and I would change some things. It's not as good as Infinity War. It's it's at least good Avengers movie, but like Return of the King had so much to wrap up and do that it's not really its fault. Um, it's still in my top ten. All the Captain America movies and Avengers movies, I think, are in my top ten with Black Panther, Guardians, and maybe one other thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm giving them very very high marks on this. Um, uh, but uh, you know, I, the biggest takeaway for me is that I have more hope for the future of the Avengers, both on TV and in movies than maybe I thought I, I, I was ready for. Um, so that's good. Especially TV. Yep. I'm super pumped about the one division show. <laughs> I thought that was the only one. Dude, I, I initially started my podcast in, in May of 2015 around Avengers Age of Ultron. I did a ton of Avengers podcasts when I was first getting started, even before I had a mic, and just raved about the Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, the Vision, like all this stuff. I thought it was total fan nerd stuff. It would never happen. Now, all of a sudden, they're all getting shows. Everyone loves them. So, I'm... I'm I'm glad people are on board the Wanda train because she's going to go nuts, guys, and that's what's going to connect the X-Men and X-Force to everything going on. Just watch. They will do it at Disney. 
Um, so, all right, my dude, any final thoughts about that uh, or anything else before we close this thing out? Uh, <clears throat> video games are fun. It's funny that there's an X-Men movie in a few weeks and a Spider-Man movie in a couple months. <laughs> no one's really talking about either. I'm sure Spider-Man will do fine. X-Men, eh, I don't know. Spider-Man, I felt like got talk when the trailer came out and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It's definitely the time to I mean, do Mysteri- it. Yeah. Mysterio looks awesome. Yeah, I've always been an X-Men guy, and now that Disney has X-Men, I'm very curious to see where it goes. I love Jessica Chastain as the bad guy. I love Sophie Turner as the Dark Phoenix. I don't know if they're going to be able to nail the writing and the execution, but the cast, I'm mostly on board with X-Men, so I'm actually more excited about that, but that's something that has not changed in the last 30 years, me being more excited about an X-Men movie than a Spider-Man movie. That's never changed. That's just the bizzle. I love the X-Men. So, all right, my all right, my dude. Um, well, thank you so much for joining. We uh, covered a ton of topics tonight. This is even for two hours a very efficient podcast. So, uh, thank you so much, man. Yep, thank you. L underscore Fedorable at Twitch. Check him out. Um, occasionally on other social medias, but check out his Twitch feed. Um, this has been the Awkward Controllers presented by the Bizzlecast. Thank you all for joining us. May the force be with you. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out.